We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gilda's Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, uh, which is one of the largest providers of social and emotional support for people impacted by cancer. Our services are offered at more than 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the importance of eating well through cancer. Uh, Everyone certainly knows that good nutrition is important for good health, but many people underestimate the importance of eating the right kinds of foods before, during, and after cancer treatment to help them feel better and to stay strong. Maintaining a healthy diet involves eating and drinking foods and liquids that have important nutrients that the body needs. Uh, and unfortunately, cancer and cancer treatment sometimes have negative health effects that make it hard to eat well. In fact, when the head, neck, esophagus, stomach, intestines, colon uh, are treated by cancer, sometimes it's hard to take in enough nutrients to stay healthy. And, you know, there are many side effects that we know of cancer and, and cancer treatment that can affect eating, uh, things like mouth sores, dry mouth, nausea, diarrhea. Um, and, in fact, some people even experience anorexia, which is the loss of, loss of the appetite or or desire to eat. In fact, uh, we know that anorexia can be present in 15 to 25% of patients' uh, diagnosis and can also occur as a side effect from treatment. So people being treated for for cancer uh, could also experience changes in taste and smell and the ability to eat enough food or even absorb um, enough nutrients from the food. And all of these factors can lead to a host of things, including malnutrition, and that can leave a person weak and perhaps unable to fight infection. So having enough protein and calories is important for healing. It's important for fighting infection. It's important for for, uh, maintaining energy. So fortunately, nutrition therapy is available to help cancer patients get the nutrients they need to keep up their body weight and their strength and keep their tissues healthy and fight infection. Um, And it really is important for people to speak with their doctor about nutrition following a cancer diagnosis. Eating habits that are good for patients can be different from our usual uh, healthy eating guidelines. But we do know for sure that healthy eating, eating habits and good nutrition can help people overcome the effects of cancer and its treatment and that people who are well-nourished have a better chance of recovery and a good quality of life. So I am so pleased today to be joined by three guests who will address the various aspects of healthy eating. 
uh, not just for people diagnosed with cancer, but for their caregivers and loved ones as well. So I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Kathy Chauncey to the show. Dr. Chauncey is a professor of nutrition at Texas Tech School of Medicine. She is a licensed registered dietitian and has over 30 years of experience in the field of nutrition. Dr. Chauncey works with all age groups, providing medical nutrition therapy for chronic diseases. And I want to add that Dr. Chauncey is also a 2008 survivor of both breast cancer and colon cancer and brings a, uh, so a doubly really unique perspective to the discussion as uh, expert and survivor. Welcome, Dr. Chauncey. Thank you, Cam. It's nice to be here. Wonderful. We are also joined by Susan Bratton. Susan is the founder and CEO of Meals to Heal, uh, a startup organization which will provide home delivery of fresh nutritional meals, uh, nutritional counseling as well as depression counseling to cancer patients and their caregivers. Susan holds an MBA from uh, the University of Virginia and prior to starting Meals to uh, to Heal, has more than 20 years' experience as a strategic planning and financial advisor to healthcare agencies. Welcome, Susan. Thank you very much. I'm pleased to be here. And finally, I'm pleased to welcome Melanie Young. Melanie is a cancer survivor now, approaching her two-year cancerversary from the date she was diagnosed with stage 2 breast cancer. Melanie writes the weekly blog, gettingthingsoffmychest.com, with a goal to empower cancer survivors and their supporters. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you, Kim. So, Susan, I'm going to start with you. Um, You have started an organization focused on getting healthy nutritional information and meals to cancer patients and uh, their caregivers. What prompted you uh, to do this? Why why is this important? Tell us about your endeavor. Well, like many people, I've had uh, friends and loved ones who've had cancer, and and what was interesting, and and I'm sure many of us on this uh, call know this, each and every one of the patients had unique and often extreme nutritional needs and um, difficulty in finding the resources to help them consistently maintain a healthy diet. They were tired, they were nauseous, and we all know that the best way to maintaining good nutrition is cooking at home. But when you're going in for chemotherapy appointments, you're tired and you're nauseous and it's very difficult uh, to receive the nutrition. What I also noticed in in a particular instance with a very dear friend of mine was that the caregivers also had had extreme difficulty in in maintaining proper nutrition. And, you know, this is really because caregivers are focusing on the patient first and often their needs are not met. So as someone who had spent uh, 20 years working with healthcare companies as an advisor, I did some research and started to look into why this was. And I found two things. The first was that what I was experiencing with my friends and loved ones was the norm, and it certainly wasn't the exception. Both patients and caregivers very commonly have uh, issues receiving proper nutrition. And the reason for this is, is, is that uh, it's a couple of things. One is, is just the disease itself. But secondly, the information needs regarding nutrition are very difficult to assess. There are 93 million websites. Uh, if you type in cancer and nutrition. Yeah. And they range from very high-quality uh, resources backed by empirical evidence to things that are based on anecdotal stories and not on scientific studies. So there's just a lot of information out there, and it's incredibly yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so that was one issue. And the second issue is just, you know, one of the best ways to maintain your nutrition in addition to eating a healthy diet is um, undergoing nutritional counseling. And many scientific studies prove that 
early and ongoing nutritional assessment and counseling is beneficial to patients. Yet 80% of cancer patients never see a nutritionist, and of the 20% who do, they only see a nutritionist once or twice. And again, this gets back to being tired and, and exhausted and not feeling well. So on top of going into your chemotherapy appointment and seeing your, your oncologist, going in for a counseling appointment for nutrition is just one more thing. And in the list of priorities, that's the one that often gets, gets uh, eliminated. And yeah. then the third piece of it is just food. Again, um, receiving proper nutrition is, is best, best done through home cooking, but you just don't always have the time or energy to prepare your meals, to go shop for the food, then prepare the food. It's, it's all very overwhelming. So what I wanted to do is make a difference and help patients and their caregivers uh, receive proper nutrition and nutritional counseling, as well as provide a resource that sorts through by, by working with registered dietitians and oncologists mm-hmm. to sort through this evidence and, and select evidence that's based on solid science and not on anecdotal stories. Great. Great, great. Wow, it's a great, I think, a great basis, certainly for what you're doing, and we appreciate that, um, the thoughtful uh, approach. Melanie, I want to bring you in. Obviously, you've been dealing with this personally. Um, and as a cancer survivor, can you talk about some of the dietary issues that you dealt with uh, during treatment and, and, and even post-treatment and kind of how that changed? Absolutely. Well, once I was diagnosed with, with my stage 2 breast cancer and underwent a, a, a radical mastectomy with reconstruction, and realized that I had to undergo five to six months of chemotherapy, I really went into battle mode. And my my visualization was this. I had cancer. I was fighting a battle. My body was my armor, and food was going to be my ammunition. Mm. And that was how I approached it. So I felt that having a nutrition plan of action was as important as my adjuvant therapy. And I experienced many things. Like all cancer patients, you do have um, an impact on your appetite and your taste. You have dry mouth. Smells taste different. For me, they were more pungent. Mm-hmm. Food tasted metallic. You just didn't want to eat. Most of the time I was afraid to eat because I didn't want to become nauseous. Yeah. You're yeah. constipated or you have diarrhea. In my case, it was the former, not the latter. So you don't want foods that you know, make you feel more constipated. So I, con- I consulted with a nutritionist. I was um, with Memorial Sloan Kettering, and they have a really great nutrition program. And I focused on and followed the guidelines they gave me, fresh vegetables, lean protein, avoid sugar, avoid fatty foods, avoid fried foods, avoid spicy foods. There was a lot of don'ts on the list, but the do's were fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, lean meat, the way we should be eating whether we have cancer or not. Yeah. And that protocol, nutritional protocol, helped keep my energy up combined with steady exercise. Even on the days I was most tired, I hauled myself into a gym, got on a reclining bike, and moved my legs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And above all, hydration. Yeah. Now, that said, I work in the food and beverage industry, in the fine food and beverage industry, so it was quite a challenge to do this, but it was worth it. Post-treatment, um, I've completely altered my diet. I do not eat red meat. I've limited my intake of alcohol, which, you know, I work in the wine business, so that's kind of interesting. I uh, do not eat soy. I never regained my interest in fried foods. Actually, the smell still offends me. 
and I really don't like fatty foods, and I've become lactose intolerant. So I tend to lean toward a, a diet of lean proteins, green vegetables, and fruit still. And the great thing about this was I actually came out looking better and feeling better. I lost 10 to 15 pounds that I probably needed to you know, lose. My skin mm-hmm. glowed. Some people came up to me and asked me if I had a facelift. Wow. It was, it was wild, but it was very dedicated. I really followed it and followed instructions. So, Melanie, we're, we're uh, quickly approaching our first break, but did they, did the, was the diet that they recommended during your treatment different than after your treatment? Yes. The diet during my treatment was very rigid. Uh, you, I got a checklist. Avoid spicy foods. Avoid fatty foods. Avoid mm-hmm. alcohol. Avoid sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, dairy. Um, no raw seafood. No raw sushi. Okay. Um, really was just lean, protein, fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, and hydration. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a good plan and good recommendations. And like you said, I mean, it sounds like those are uh, the guidelines that we, uh, that we all should be following, not just uh, related to a cancer experience, but really those guidelines around healthy eating overall. Um, uh, we are, we're going to take a quick break here uh, on Frankly Speaking About Cancer, and then I want to bring Dr. Chauncey into the conversation to talk about some of the, the myths and misconceptions that may be out there around nutrition and cancer. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. to a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices. I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. 
Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is being brought to you in part by Genentech and Celgene. I'm Kim Chibaldo, and today I'm joined by Dr. Kathy Chauncey, a registered dietitian and professor of nutrition, Susan Bratton, founder and CEO of Meals to Heal, and cancer survivor Melanie Young. We're talking about the importance of healthy nutrition uh, during, through, beyond cancer treatment. Um, and as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, maintaining a healthy diet is critical to healing, to fighting infection, to having uh, the energy to complete treatment. Um, Dr. Chauncey, I want to bring you into the conversation here. Is there, uh, you know, I think with, with nutrition, there are a lot of myths, a lot of misconceptions, a lot of misinformation out there. We're trying to kind of set the record straight here today and make sure our listeners are getting the facts. Um, is there truth to the idea that it's possible to, 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 to cure cancer or get rid of your cancer with a healthy diet and not, not undergo treatments like chemotherapy? Um, well, that's a loaded question, Kim. <laughs> and, um, you know, in general, the answer to that question is no. There mm-hmm. is no cure, possible cure with a healthy diet. Now, there may be some isolated cases where cancer seem to be cured by nutritional means, but a lot more research is needed in that area, mm-hmm. and we're not ready for prime time on, you know, making that kind of a claim. I think we need to remember that when we talk about cancer, we're really talking about more than 100 different cancer types. So when we say cancer, we're not talking about just one type of cancer. And all of us have cancer cells in our body because we're Mm -hmm. all exposed to carcinogenic factors. And one in two men, one in three women will develop their cancer, will develop cancer over the lifetime, but only one in four will die of the disease. And that's, that latter part is, is the exciting part. That indicates a, a paradigm shift in cancer survivorship. Twenty-five years ago, we didn't even have the word survivor in the cancer language department. So, um, so, so I don't want to dim- diminish, of course, the importance of a healthy diet. It's absolutely important um, in many areas, and probably 30 to 40 percent of cancers uh, could be cured or um, say not would not go on to further develop into cancer by eating smart but along with that is staying lean and moving more so so there's several factors that are involved in this healthy lifestyle and healthy diet and and so dr chauncey do, do you um uh do you find that when people are diagnosed with cancer they're suddenly perhaps aware uh, more aware of nutrition or more in tune to nutrition than perhaps they were before? Oh, I think so. I, I think so without a doubt. And, you know, as I was listening to uh, Melanie talk, you know, her her experiences are, you know, I've heard those kinds of uh, reactions during chemotherapy over and over and over again. Um, but it doesn't, but not everyone has those exact same side effects. The, the response to chemotherapy, uh, the response to benefit of certain foods, is very, very individualized. So even two individuals going through exactly the same treatment may experience that um, differently. So, um, so Susan, can you talk a little bit more about really why it's important to, to maintain a balanced and healthy diet while receiving uh, treatment for cancer? Can you just give us some of the, you know, sure. the science behind that? Yeah, so, so um, Kathy, Kathy mentioned this, and I'll just repeat it. You know, I think... Having a healthy and balanced diet is, is all the studies show that it's good for your immune function. So whether you're fighting cancer or trying to prevent some other disease, a good healthy diet 
it means you're going to have a stronger immune function, and a stronger immune function helps you fight off the cancer alongside traditional treatments, chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery, um, but also helps you better withstand the toxicity of the treatment. So um, it reduces treatment toxicity in many instances. Uh, in, in other studies have shown that it increases the response to treatment, reduces side effects, extends survival time, and improves quality of life. So uh, many, many reasons why you should adhere to a healthy and balanced diet during treatment. So, so Melanie, when, so tell us when you were diagnosed with cancer, when was this idea of what you were eating, when was this brought up? Was it brought up, you know, just immediately when you were diagnosed, just kind of part of your, your care plan? And can you just talk a little bit more about, you know, what advice you were given about diet and nutrition, you know, through cancer treatment? Well, interestingly, the... The cancer nutrition aspect really didn't start until I was told I needed chemotherapy. Um, in preparation for my mastectomy, um, you know, it was really more medical and getting ready for surgery. But uh, I had extensive discussions with my oncologist and a nutritionist about how to prepare for uh, chemotherapy and use nutrition as a way to um, if my ammunition. And I asked for it, however, and I just want to point, many cancer patients are so mm. overwhelmed, mm-hmm. they don't know to ask for it. I, had, I was clear-headed enough to do that because it's important to me, and I have always believed that nutrition is an important part of how you live your life. It is how you maintain a healthy life. Um, but many cancer patients just... It's such an emotional experience. It's the last thing you're thinking about, as Susan had pointed out. Um, But no one really addressed it until I started chemotherapy because there were so many don'ts on that list. Okay. All right. So, Dr. Chauncey, let's get into that uh, for for a minute. Um, Again, we may have some folks listening today who are about to start treatment, recently been diagnosed, or, you know, caring for someone in that situation. Can you give us some advice for patients who perhaps feel unable to um, eat while they're undergoing treatment or, you know, specific foods uh, to avoid or to perhaps lean towards in dealing with some of the more common side effects of, of treatment? Well, yes, and I wanted to say quickly that I wholeheartedly um, agree with what Susan said about the importance of nutrition. You know, when we were looking at that other question, we were talking about nutrition as a cure for cancer. And, you know, I think I think we need to be careful, and I think that's good advice for a listener uh, to remember when they're reading material or when they're looking on websites or looking at, you know, books in the bookstore and that sort of thing. Um, and what Melanie said, she had to ask for the nutrition. I think that's very uh, common that many times uh, a patient doesn't always get that nutritional advice unless they specifically ask for it. And her symptoms, you know, uh, are, again, are very individualized. Changes in taste and smell are, are very common uh, in chemotherapy so that you have taste aversions where foods will start to taste metallic or they'll have a combination of metal or bitter, salty, sometimes even sweet taste. And then some people, some patients with chemotherapy lose their taste altogether. You know, mm. food doesn't have um, any taste. And odors can be particularly overwhelming uh, to individuals when they're going through uh, chemotherapy. So, uh, in, you know, foods to avoid the nausea um, and vomiting, um, 
And then, um, of course, high-fat diets and things are going to aggravate that. But I think the thing with nausea and vomiting, you're not going to feel like eating anything. So um, just a matter of, of uh, getting past that and into good times when you can eat more of a healthy diet. One thing in particular uh, about the chemotherapy, if um, you're, you're, you are immunocompromised with, regardless of what kind of chemotherapy that you're going through, but especially so if you have a type of cancer that's requiring a bone marrow transplant or is a more intensive form of radiation or chemotherapy or surgery. So when we talk about fresh fruits and vegetables and things of that nature, we want to be uh, very careful of any raw or undercooked uh, food, even uh, fruits, fruits and vegetables, uh, raw milk, milk products, unwashed raw fruits and vegetables. Certainly, you know, if they're uh, washed, that would be fine. But we need to be particularly careful that we don't bring in some uh, contaminant into our food mm. supply. Mm. I think all good, uh, all good tips, all good advice. Um, Susan, before we head into our break here, so uh, in addition to maintaining a healthy diet, what else can patients do to ensure that they're uh, receiving proper nutrition? I imagine folks who haven't really been tapped into this idea of even thinking about food or diet might not even really know where to start or what they should be thinking about. Yes. Well, the first thing I would say, and, and probably the most important, is, is absolutely see a dietitian, see a nutritionist and see them on a consistent basis because that way they'll know what you're they'll, they'll anticipate side effects and symptoms and they'll be able you'll be able to kind of stay on top of whatever those are and prevent weight loss and cachexia which is a very can be very very dangerous to patients so i would just say see a, see a nutritionist and a dietitian and they'll keep you on track with the with the diet and so what um so going in to see a uh, a nutritionist Susan what just you know give us an example of the kinds of questions that somebody should be asking or or what information they need to take into that visit so that folks can be uh, can be prepared so um a dietitian will do a nutritional assessment and they'll ask you lots of questions like are you experiencing nausea vomiting what they'll look at your weight they'll want to understand what chemotherapy or radiation regimen you're on and just kind of the, the, the entirety of, of the treatment and where you are at that particular time in terms of your side effects, symptoms, changes in taste, um, uh, you know, sensitivity to smell, et cetera. Yeah, and I would like to add to that, too, uh, with that dietitian visit, that the objective there is going to be predominantly symptom control. So whatever um, symptom um, that a patient is experiencing, and, and they're, like I said, I can't emphasize enough that it's highly individualized, then the goal will be managing those symptoms uh, with adequate food supply so that you can maintain an adequate uh, nutritional status. And, Dr. Chauncey, do you think that there are some people out there who perhaps um, maybe blame themselves? They think perhaps they're getting cancer is a result of them not having had a, a healthy lifestyle or healthy nutrition and that they they perhaps, uh, you know, blame themselves right. or try to make some connection to the cancer? Oh, I, I think absolutely. And since I'm a cancer survivor myself, I think yeah. I can sort of identify with that. It's like, what did I do to cause this to happen to me? And one of the things that you learn going through cancer treatment, and I'm sure Melanie can confirm this as well as Susan also with her um, experiences that cancer is no respecter of persons. So mm. you will find all individuals from all walks of life, from all socioeconomic conditions, from 
individuals who are very careful about their health and exercise and eat a good diet to individuals who are not. So, um, so yes, you know, you do play the blame game for a while, like, you know, what did I do and how could have I avoided this happening to me? And sometimes you really didn't do anything wrong. Right, right. And I think as you said uh, earlier, and I think this is important to know, to, for folks to note that, you know, we are learning a lot about the right. effect of mm-hmm. a healthy diet, healthy right. lifestyle on cancer, but I think it's still, uh, there's still quite a bit to learn, quite a bit of research to do, and quite a bit that we don't know. Um, this is frankly speaking about cancer. We're talking about uh, a healthy diet, healing, uh, nutrition, what patients and caregivers need to know um, about eating well, uh, kind of with, through, uh, and beyond the cancer experience. Don't go away. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the health care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Cancer, it's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand, choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer, created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Azi and Morphotech. I'm Kim Tebaldo, and today I'm joined by Dr. Kathy Chauncey, a registered dietitian and professor uh, of nutrition, also a cancer survivor. Susan Bratton, founder and CEO of Meals to Heal, and cancer survivor Melanie Young. We've been discussing the importance of a balanced diet and healthy nutrition for people undergoing treatment for cancer, but I wanted to shift a little bit um, in these few minutes, uh, the, shift the discussion to talk about why maintaining 
proper nutrition is equally as important for cancer caregivers. Uh, Susan, let me start with you. We know that family members and caregivers should certainly be conscious of what they're eating as they take care of their loved ones, but oftentimes they are not. Um, can you talk about why maintaining a healthy diet is important, uh, really as important for the caregiver as it is for the patient? Sure, absolutely. So, Again, you know, it's it's important for the caregivers because they need a strong immune function for a couple of reasons. The first is our immune function um, fights off, our immune system fights off disease. So it's, number one, just to fight off any other disease that might come along. They're under stress, so so their immune system is by definition probably weakened a little bit just due to the stress. And in order to be strong to help withstand the the stress they need to they need to continue to eat well and kind of feed the immune system, which in turn helps them be a stronger caregiver. Um, but there are also many studies that show that it's also important for mental health function that uh, that eating a proper diet uh, improves mood. And again, that that not only helps them better withstand the stress of of the cancer diagnosis of their loved one, but it also helps them in um, in being a, a stronger caregiver for the patient. Now, the other reason why it's important is that if they're eating a healthy nutritional diet alongside of the patient, it doesn't make it such a unique thing for the patient to be eating one sort of a diet and the family to be eating another one. Everybody's mm-hmm. eating the same diet, and so the patient isn't, you know, made to be uh, separate and unique and different um, due to their diagnosis. So, so Melanie, you, you, uh, let's talk about this with your own experience. Your husband uh, was a caregiver for you when you were going through treatment. Did, um, did he take care of himself by maintaining a healthy diet? How did you guys deal with, with food and, and diet during your own cancer experience? Well, David actually takes better care of himself now that I uh, am in remission. I will say mm-hmm. that first. He was always a, a snacker and likes you know, heavy food, but he really made it his dedicated project to make sure I ate healthy. And mm-hmm. he he cooked for me, he read books, he, he made special cancer broths that he, you know, saw in you know, recipe books. And as we went through the journey together, he started eating better himself. It took a while. But now that we are through the worst of it, he actually eats better. We both do, and we both feel better for it. But um, I think he did fairly well as a caregiver. My mother, on the other hand, who was nursing my father at the same time, did terrible. And I actually mm. worried about her nutrition. And even to this day, she still eats over the sink. So it's, again, a highly individual situation, but it's very important that the caregiver attend and undergo nutritional counseling at the same time with the patient. And Melanie, did you find so? Did you find that that your your cancer experience became sort of a, uh, a teachable moment around uh, you know around nutrition? Did you find it was an opportunity to kind of raise the discussion of nutrition among friends and family and use it as a, a learning opportunity? Yes, it was a learning opportunity. As we were talking earlier, I did play the blame game. I work in the food and beverage industry. I ate a lot of heavy meals. I drank a lot of alcohol. I was about 10 or 15 pounds over my normal weight, and I was feeling it. And I reassessed how I eat. As I said in my blog this week, I used to live to eat. Now I eat to live. Mm-hmm. And I reassessed how I eat and, and gave up, made concessions, but I'm happy for it. And I'm trying to teach my mother right now to do it because she really did not take care of herself while taking care of my father. And I'm, I, I lecture her now. 
And do you think that, that her health, uh, you know, her, her health is an issue? Do you see the effects of a poor diet on her overall health? Actually, I don't. She's as energetic as ever. It's amazing. (laughs) But I am very proud of my husband who has taken a better approach to his own eating. And that makes me feel great because I want him with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, amen. Um, Dr. Chauncey, so... so uh, get back, back to that, uh, the, the uh, issue I was mentioning earlier, that idea that this can be a teachable, uh, you know, a teachable moment. I mean, we certainly find here at the cancer support community that cancer patients and cancer survivors are probably the, uh, 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 the, the most interested audience in some of these issues around uh, healthy lifestyle, certainly more than the general uh, population. Is that, is that your observation as well, that, they're, that this is a great opportunity for some lifestyle change? Well, yes, it is, and I, I love Melanie's story about her husband. I'd never heard that before, that how he sort of experienced a healthy diet by default <laughs> because he was uh, trying to prepare healthy foods for her, but then his immediate uh, reaction was that he began to realize that he felt better and he had more energy and he was able to care for her uh, more easily, and I think that's just one of the benefits for um, staying with a healthy diet, but it's difficult. It's not is easy for everyone, and caregivers notoriously give themselves a low priority to their own self-care. You know, they'll care uh, for their loved one or family member or whoever, and then put the uh, at the bottom of the list. Um, you know, care care for themselves, but um, to just have the energy to care for that um, individual to improve their uh, immunity, as Susan was talking about, um, and one other factor about the uh, caregiver keeping their immune system healthy is, you know, if their immune system is down, then they're going to be susceptible to contagious illnesses, and then they're going to bring those illnesses into the environment of the cancer patient. So, so it's very important that they, you know, um, prevent prevent their own illness so that they um, they don't bring that home. But well, I think that's a, a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good point that you're making it, because I know sometimes we find with the caregivers, um, I can't focus on myself. I have to focus on my loved one, my, the, the uh, patient. Right. And so I think that, uh, you know, what you're suggesting is important, that this is, this is how you can focus on the patient, keeping yourself healthy and keeping yourself well and keeping illness away and keeping germs out of the house is another way that you can uh, care for that loved one. I think right. sometimes we need to find those different strategies, Dr. Chauncey, to show people that by taking care of themselves they actually will be a better caregiver. Well, it's important for the caregiver to take care of themselves uh, to reduce their own susceptibility to contagious illnesses because they don't want to bring those into the home uh, where the care, uh, where the patient, cancer patient is. And sadly, I've seen cases where caregivers have given their own self-care a low priority. And you know, if a cancer patient should die, then sometimes six months or so later, the caregiver dies. Or if they are not, they'll develop their own debilitating illness where they require care. So, so the stress, uh, their diet, uh, their health is all very important. Um, and that, and and it's a very stressful job, many times for a caregiver that weakens um, their immune system and makes them more susceptible to illness. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Susan, I just want to get into for a couple minutes, uh, you know, again, more tips for how caregivers can maintain proper nutrition while also managing the demands of, uh, of being the primary caregiver. I can imagine, again, for these caregivers, it's like, seems like it's at the bottom of the list of the things that they want to really care about or focus on. Yes, yes. I mean, it is, as everyone has alluded to or stated outright, it, it's very difficult and caregivers do place themselves at the bottom of the list of priorities. And what I would say is, Really, there's no one-size-fits-all solution, but the first thing I would say is focus on it just like it's getting your cancer patient, your loved one, to their chemotherapy appointment or their radiation uh, appointment. So first is just commit to it like it's part of the treatment. Make it part of the whole treatment. And then it can be accomplished a couple of ways. First, you know, first and foremost, I'd say cooking at home if you have the time, but the reality of it is you don't always have home time to cook at home. Uh, so then possibly create a network of friends uh, with a delivery schedule to provide fresh home-cooked meals uh, to, to be delivered each day of the week. That's, that's another way. If you have to buy food, buy fresh, not processed foods, and make sure that you look at the nutritional labels. And one of the things that I always like to talk about is you know, make sure you look at things like sodium content because what you don't want to do is be buying foods that are fresh but maybe they've been processed in some way that, that provides other sorts of uh, nutritional issues, and sodium is obviously a big one. And then lastly, hopefully by January of this year, we'll, we'll, have, uh, we'll have meals to heal in the market, and that, that will be another solution. But there's really, you know, there's not any single solution. You have to figure out what works best for you in your particular situation, but make sure there's a commitment to it as part of the actual treatment. Melanie, before we go to our break here, um, are you, do you find it uh, challenging to continue to focus on these nutrition issues? Was it a little bit more kind of front of mind when you were actually going through, uh, you know, going through treatment, or how do, you, how do you and your husband kind of deal with it on a daily basis? How do you think about it and talk about it and address it? That's a great question. I, I have to work harder because I've reentered the, the state of normalcy. Right. Uh, and I have to think about it more. I have more temptations around me. You know, I, I go out with friends and, and, and they may drink more wine than I can drink or eat more food. So I have to really temper myself. Um, but I feel better. I don't want to be sick. Uh, and it, it, it changed my mind. And, and I, I, I like the results. Uh, I am on a drug that, um, a Rimidex, and I, I'm not supposed to eat, I think, you know, like pomegranates and grapefruit juice. So I did want to bring up the point that, you know, even after major treatment, you still have to make sure that you consult with a nutritionist on an ongoing basis to make sure what you're eating works with the drugs you're taking because that could impact it. So I, I, I oh, still see a yeah. nutritionist and talk, but um, I, it was a learning experience. And I, I'm dedicated to making it work. The, the biggest thing I need to get off my diet right now is stress. Yeah, and, and, there and you that's go. the one thing that um, is next to eliminate. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this has really, uh, I think, just been, been a, a, a great conversation in terms of really helping our listeners understand these issues, and that there are, you know, some, some, uh, you know, kind of uh, some broad sketches and guidelines. But really, what I'm hearing it is that this is very individualized, and I think that's why um, it's so important that folks connect with a nutritionist, understand their own personal issues, and really create an individualized plan. Um, this is frankly speaking about cancer. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Learn more. 
Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today we've been talking about the importance of eating well and healthy nutrition uh, through cancer and beyond. Uh, our guests are Dr. Kathy Chauncey, a registered dietitian uh, and professor of nutrition, also a cancer survivor. Uh, Susan Bratton, founder and CEO of Meals to Heal, uh, and cancer survivor Melanie Young. And in, in the last segment, I want to talk about some of the resources that are available for our listeners who are interested in learning more about nutrition for, for people impacted by cancer. Um, CSC, our affiliates across the country, offer educational workshops, uh, cooking classes, cooking demonstrations to help cancer patients and caregivers maintain a balanced diet and healthy eating uh, as they manage uh, cancer and treatment and side effects. And so to find a cancer support community affiliate near you, please visit us at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Just a whole range of of free programs on these topics. Um, uh, Melanie, now that you're you're cancer-free, we started to talk a little bit about um, how your diet changed kind of post-treatment and that the main thing you're trying to manage now is more the stress, uh, more the stress than the eating. Can you you talk a little bit more about that post-treatment experience? Are you and your husband, are you planning meals? Do you read about nutrition? Do you... Um, you know, how, how much does this conversation kind of factor into your everyday life? It changed my life. I think mm. about everything I put into my body and on my yeah. body. Uh, I still do not eat red meat. I do not eat uh, fried food or fatty food. I, you know, do not have a lot of dairy. I really took a lot of fat out of my life and really ramped up and continue to ramp up healthy um, plant-based diet. I do eat seafood. So it changed how I eat completely, uh, and I'm happy for it. Um, I, as I said, I consult with a nutritionist. I continue to maintain healthy exercise. I do feel that a healthy diet is important, but also activity is important. It's, it's like hand-in-hand. Hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And together, my husband and I cook more at home. A great side effect is that we're actually saving more money. Mm-hmm by cooking at home and eating mm-hmm. better. So it, it, it actually had a bottom line effect as well. And uh, we're enjoying it. It's actually brought us closer together in many ways. Wow. I think it's great. 
great advice and an interesting topic for you guys to take on together as well. Um, uh, Susan, can you tell us a little bit more about your work, about the organization that you're starting and how you plan to help patients and families address some of these nutritional issues? Absolutely. So, so the idea is to, to be a comprehensive turnkey solution to patients and caregivers' nutritional needs. So that would be first and foremost information, sorting through this, you know, 93 million websites on the internet related to cancer and nutrition, and through a, a panel, a board of advisors uh, comprised of nutritionists and oncologists. Um, sorting through the high-quality empirical evidence and only providing on our website um, information and evidence that's been thoroughly vetted by the medical and nutritionist community. And then secondly, yeah, access to nutritionists and dietitians for counseling uh, regarding nutritional needs. And, and we'll also work with patients, uh, nutritionists and dietitians. Melanie mentioned Sloan Kettering, they have a terrific group of nutritionists on staff and many other uh, cancer hospitals and oncologists will refer patients to nutritionists. So, you know, we want to work with uh, patients and their, their nutritionists. Um, and that would be through not only the information, but the third piece of it, which is home delivery of fresh nutritional meals that will be tailored to patients uh, specific side effects and uh, symptoms as well as eating and, and food preferences because as, as uh, Kathy uh, mentioned, you know, each patient's situation is different. So one of the things we're going to do is make sure that the meals are tailored to their specific issues. If they have swallowing issues, if they have mouth sores, there are certain nutritional strategies that you can employ um, that will uh, to some degree mitigate, mitigate side effects and symptoms and in turn help patients uh, take in the proper amount of calories and protein and, and overall nutrition. So, um, Dr. Chauncey, do you, ever hear, do, do you ever hear folks say, well, I have cancer, I can eat whatever I want, <laughs> you know, because I have cancer. They feel like it's kind of the opposite, you know, the opposite direction. I don't know what the, I don't, well, I don't know what the future is going to hold. I'm just going to eat whatever the heck I want. Yeah, yes, I have heard that. And I think also uh, people associate sort of an extreme uh, weight loss with um, cancer treatment. But you need to remember not everyone loses weight uh, mm. with cancer treatment. And some actually gain. And yeah. some of the medications that are given um, for cancer uh, can cause weight gain. So, um, so I think, in fact, my oncologist told me he <clears throat> had a breast cancer patient that told him she was a little bit upset that she did not lose any weight during her chemotherapy. I think, you know, he said, well, we don't really recommend this as a weight loss, uh, you know, process. So. <laughs> but but she didn't. And uh, so, yes, I, I have heard that, like, you know, it's sort of like, well, I've been diagnosed with cancer. What else can you do to me? You know, right. so... Um, but I think um, I think that's only a temporary reaction, and then as you uh, roll into the cancer um, survivor mode, you know mm-hmm. the prevention of cancer recurrence is is high on your list. So having you know if your lifestyle was not healthy before, you're going to be more motivated uh, to make it healthy afterwards because you yeah. don't want you don't want to see that cancer coming back. Well, I'm going to ask all of you if there are any, um, I'm going to start with you, Dr. Shanti, any um, particular resources that you can recommend to our listeners in terms of finding reliable 
information about healthy nutrition for people with cancer, any particular organizations, websites, or other places where people can go for some good info? Well, right. And I think the first place to start is in the cancer center where you're receiving treatment. If they don't have a registered dietitian on staff, they're going to have one as a consultant. And the American Dietetic Association has an additional certification. If you see CSO after the dietitian's name, that means she's a certified specialist in oncology nutrition. So that's uh, the registered dietitian uh, with the greatest amount. You can go to the American Dietetic Association website, which is at eatright.org, and they have a find a dietitian uh, area. So if if you're out and you travel 100 miles or live 100 miles from the cancer center, you can possibly find someone out in that area. But I would start with your cancer center first and let them know you desire this information, and then they can usually steer you to the right person. Um, another website that yes. your viewers might really uh, enjoy is the American Institute of Cancer Research, and okay. that's www.aicr.org, American Institute of Cancer Research. And it's a terrific website on cancer and nutrition. It's very user-friendly. It goes from the science, if you're interested, into the latest studies and the scientific basis all the way to the practical application with recipes to show you how to incorporate cancer-fighting foods uh, into your diet, and it's a wonderful resource. Uh, In Texas, I'm the director of the Cancer Nutrition Network for Texans, and that's at ttuhsc.edu slash cnnt. And on our resource list on that website on the left-hand column, we have a PDF file of the National Cancer Institute's publication, Eating Hints, and it's for it's before, during, and after cancer treatment. The document's 76 pages long, and you don't have to print it out. You can just okay. go to there and find a lot of specific information if you're having taste aversions or sore mouth or nausea and vomiting or whatever the problem might be. Excellent, excellent information. Susan, uh, just uh, uh, quickly, any other sites or resources that you might recommend? Uh, sure. I would. Uh, a couple things I'd recommend. There are a few books that are good. Rebecca Katz has a great uh, anti-cancer kitchen cookbook. And uh, Walter Willett, who's a researcher at Harvard uh, in the public health school, he has a book called Eat Right, Be Healthy. And Michael Pollan has written a number of books, and they... Both Walter Willett and Michael Pollan focus on eating real food, meaning don't eat processed food, but both of them focus to a large degree on a plant-based diet. And so I think from an immune function perspective, as relates to both caregivers and patients, these books, as well as Rebecca Katz's cookbook, um, are all tremendous resources. Fantastic. Melanie, any uh, any resources that you would recommend or any, you know, tips for our listeners if they're if they're dealing with a new cancer diagnosis uh, yes. uh, in the family? Any helpful tips for our listeners? Today? Yes, three things. One, definitely utilize and ask to speak to your cancer facility's nutrition counseling team. Ask. They, that's the first place to go. Two, I echo Susan, The Cancer Fighting Kitchen is the book we use to cook recipes at home. It's a terrific book. And three, peer support is important. It's good to talk to other cancer survivors, and the organization I recommend is uh, www.sharecancersupport.org. This particular 
organization uh, is peer support by women who have experienced breast or ovarian cancer. But again, you can ask your facility if there is a peer support group for the kind of cancer you are um, facing mm-hmm. and fighting. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I just want to uh, remind folks that we're at the Cancer Support Community. Uh, our website is Cancer supportcommunity.org. Um, we've got a wonderful network of 50 uh, affiliates, 100 satellite locations across the country where we provide uh, free support groups, uh, educational programs, exercise, stress reduction, and then, of course, uh, programs on nutrition and healthy eating. Many of our centers have really wonderful, beautiful demonstration kitchens, um, and we have uh, nutritionists in and chefs in uh, to teach them different uh, healthy cooking uh, options and a- answer specific questions about different symptoms and side effects that you may be experiencing from the cancer or uh, its treatment. We also have a great program called Cancer Transitions for uh, for survivors who are post-treatment, making that transition from being pa- a patient to a survivor. And in the workshop, we talk about um, healthy lifestyle. We talk about nutrition. We talk about exercise. There are some great recipes and things like that for folks who are uh, post-treatment and really making that transition from being a patient to being a survivor. So uh, visit us at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Uh, I want to thank our guests today for a wonderful show on uh, healing nutrition and, and a healthy diet and lifestyle. Um, we appreciate your uh, your input, your expertise and information, all that you've shared with our listeners today. I think uh, nutrition becomes an incredible way that a patient really can be educated and empowered and take some control about the way that they feel um, and about uh, really charting a future uh, direction for their cancer experience and beyond. So I appreciate everyone coming on to the show today. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Um, thank you for joining uh, the show today. And until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. Support Community.org.